Health Matters with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you from tonight's edition of Health Matters. Well, this evening we'll be focusing on your teeth. That's anything and everything with my guest this evening, dentist Dr. Mark Scher. And just to tell you a little bit about him, he graduated from Stellenbosch University in 2007 and is currently studying for a diploma in implantology. His scope of practice includes white fillings, crowns and bridges, dentures, root canal treatment, which I think we all would not like to think about too much, extractions, basic implant placement and all implant restorations, and is particularly skilled in pain-free treatment. Now that's something I really would like, especially when dealing with nervous patients, which is me, and children under conscious sedation. Mark practices from the dental practice in Seapoint in Cape Town, and uh, he's been on the show before. Mark, good evening. Welcome back. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me back. I always talk about these things that I really don't like to think about too much. <laughs> and just a reminder, if you need any information regarding Health Matters, or if you've missed a contact number, you can find it on Facebook. Just go to Health Matters on SAFM. If you'd still like to contact me directly, you can email me on healthmatters at safm.co.za. Well, if, as I mentioned, any questions, 0892-10-2010, Health Matters with Karen Key. So, Mark, as I mentioned, you are specializing in quite a number of things, but I thought we'd start off this evening with something that isn't really a dental issue per se. Well, I mean, maybe it is in a way, but something that a lot of us possibly suffer from and a lot of us are affected by when other people suffer from it, and that's halitosis or bad breath. Is there anything we can do? Yeah, Karen, look, halitosis, bad breath, uh, really uh, fall under the same umbrella, and it is very much dental related. Uh, is there anything you can do? Well, look, there's at least five points that I'll mention um, to you that, that you, if you follow those points, uh, you can eliminate or, you know, reduce the chances of developing this condition. But let me just talk about bad breath and what it is. It's, it's formed and it's produced by um, sulfur compounds in your mouth. Now, the bacteria that live in your mouth naturally, and they live in everyone's mouth, so don't, don't be alarmed by that, they produce uh, a sulfur compound. Uh, they excrete a sulfur compound. And that's sulfur. I don't know if you've ever smelt mm. uh, sulfur before. It's a really pungent it's smell. It's almost like a rotten egg sort of exactly, smell. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Um, and these bacteria mostly known as what we call anaerobic, meaning they thrive um, in an oxygen-deprived environment. Uh, those bacteria uh, live in you know, certain places in the mouth which don't need uh, oxygen or don't have a lot of oxygen to survive. And the main places are, are the, the dorsum, the back of the tongue, very back of the tongue, and on the tonsils. Now, the back of the tongue, which is uh, a place which most people will neglect to clean, will collect these anaerobic bacteria in quite a, a, a large volume. So, very importantly, the first point is to, to brush your tongue. So, when you've finished uh, brushing your teeth for two minutes, Give the tongue a brush for about 10 to 15 seconds. And obviously not just the front bowl accounts. Now you've got to almost choke yourself with it's, a toothbrush. It is, a, it is, a, it is a quite an invasive feeling if you do stick your toothbrush all the way at the back. And most people tend to gag. Uh, but yes, it's, uh, it's just, just to try and get the brush as far back as possible. If you're struggling with a toothbrush, there are specially designed tongue scrapers, which you can get from your, your pharmacy or from your dentist. And those tongue scrapers are very thin and not as 
in, you know, impinging as a toothbrush. So much less gag reflex involved there. But definitely the principle is here to clean your tongue. Make sure you brush the tongue to remove these, these bacteria. The tonsils, um, you know, as we know, tonsils contain cells that do just help fight infection. But in the tonsil themselves are also little grooves. And into these grooves, debris, bacteria uh, like to go and, and climb in there. And you form what's called a little tonsil stone. And these little, they, they white in appearance, are quite asymptomatic. So you won't ever have issues with, with having these stones. They're almost invisible. You know, if you really look closely, you may be able to see them. But they contain anaerobic bacteria. They release the sulfur compound. So that is going to add to bad breath. How do we get rid of that? gargling. So make sure that you spend at least 30 seconds uh, every night or every morning or twice a day even just gargling with a mouthwash. Now whatever mouthwash you choose depending on what you can handle it can be alcohol free which is also fine but the principle is you want to gargle at the back of the throat to release the debris in the tonsil which will release these anaerobic bacteria and reduce the halitosis or reduce the, the bad breath. In severe cases, if the tonsils are acutely inflamed all the time and you are struggling to get rid of these bacteria, then a tonsillectomy is recommended. Then, unfortunately, you have to have your tonsils removed. But, I mean, we're talking really severe cases. And normally, other symptoms are involved, not just the halitosis. But really, the halitosis, or the bad breath, will come from the back of the throat, the tonsil. The second, or sorry, the third point I'll make is your teeth. Now, a rotten tooth, a tooth with a gaping hole or uh, you know, a piece of filling missing can produce uh, uh, no, quite a foul smell because the bacteria climb in there, they sit and fester in there and they also produce this, this sulfur compound, this odor forming smell. So check your teeth, go to your dentist every six months, make sure he's screening your teeth or she's screening your teeth for cavities um, because these cavities will contain the bacteria which will cause halitosis. The other point I'll mention is your, your lifestyle. So there are certain factors which will add to the halitosis. One thing is smoking. Unfortunately, um, cigarette smoke will reduce the amount of saliva in your mouth, which without saliva, the natural protector in your mouth, your, your mouth dries up. You have this kind of constantly dry mouth. And with that, uh, these anaerobic bacteria thrive and you do have an accentuated smell produced. So smoking is a cause of halitosis as well as coffee. Coffee drinking is, uh, does the same effect. The caffeine has a very similar effect. And, uh, you know, if you ever, uh, you could really tell if someone's just had a cigarette and a coffee if you're standing next to them. If they also suffer from halitosis, it's going to be accentuated. So ways to manage that, carry a sugar-free chewing gum with you. If you're going to have a cigarette or carry a mint, if you're going to have a coffee, you know, just to try and, and eliminate that immediate effect of, of bad breath. But obviously maintaining a level, a high level of oral hygiene throughout, um, you know, just, just as, as a general rule, you know, allows you to get away, say, with having a cup of coffee a day um, or a cigarette. You know, if your hygiene is excellent, if your, if your teeth are good and your tongue is clean, your tonsils are clean, then it's not going to play as a bigger role. But it does add uh, to causing halitosis. So all is not lost, basically. There no. are things that we can actually do. Absolutely. And then, look, the, the last thing I'll mention is, is the type of food you eat. So onions, garlic, 
and real spicy foods. That's all the all the best. All things. the best tasty things. <laughs> Unfortunately, those all have sulfur in them. So yes, those will add to if you already have a, a mild form of halitosis, it will accentuate it again. Yes, don't freak out about it and don't try not eating those kind of foods and it's almost impossible to eliminate eating you know garlic and onions we love the taste of it but yes in you know moderate dosages and again i'll go back to keeping your oral hygiene up to a high level will allow you to then get away with eating these kind of foods without having this halitosis effect um which a lot of people unfortunately do suffer from one little tip if you enjoy your garlic um one of the things that possibly does help is to eat some fresh parsley. Yes, I have heard that. It does actually help. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I tend to eat quite a lot of fresh parsley because I rather like my garlic. You're listening to Health Matters on SAFM. I'm Karen Key, and this evening we're focusing on dentistry with dentist Dr. Mark Sher. If you have any questions, you can call us on 0892 10 2010. Mark, one of the other things I think a lot of people suffer with, and it's one of the, possibly one of the most painful things, are abscesses. How do those start, and what can we do about them? Because every time you hear abscess, you think root canal. Mm. Is that always the end result? More likely than not, unfortunately, Karen. So basically, what what happens is if if you develop a cavity in your tooth, the bacteria climb in and start to they literally live inside your tooth, feeding off either the food that you eat and the tooth structure itself. If they make their way down into what we call the pulp chamber, now a tooth is actually an organ. It's got a blood supply, it's got a nerve supply, it's a living thing in your mouth. Now if the bacteria make their way through from the enamel into what we call the dentine and then deeper into the nerve chamber, that will f create quite a, a painful experience because the bacteria First of all, they kill all the blood supply in your tooth and they eat away all the nerve tissue. And that basically renders your tooth dead. And what the body does then is it forms what's called an inflammatory response. So it tries to fight these bacteria away. And how does it do that? It sends your helper cells, your white blood cells, for instance, to the tooth. Now, if you have to see a tooth on an x-ray in the jawbone, there is very, very little space for these white blood cells to go. So they start to grow literally at the apex or at the tip of the root and that is what an abscess is. It's the formation of an inflammatory response to the bacteria inside the tooth and because the space is so small um, like if you get a, a say a pimple on your skin you know that that will grow out and, and your skin will will expand but because in the jawbone the same kind of thing imagine it's like a little pimple at the base of your root in this tiny space, that expansion of pressure is very, very painful. I mean, it, you know, you can make the, the biggest, strongest man come to his knees in tears because of, of an abscess. So, yes, it's, it's a really, it's unfortunate um, situation to have because the only way to eradicate that bacteria is to go into the roots of the teeth. Through the, through the tooth in a procedure known as root canal. So yes, more often than not, if you develop an abscess, you have to have a root canal. There are um, you know, certain cases where we can, you know, depending on, on the extent of the damage, we can try and, and uh, uh, what we call reverse this form of, of pain called pulpitis. We can place a, a calcium hydroxide layer over the top of the nerve chamber if it isn't 
completely destroyed and allow the tooth uh, you know to try and, and fight the infection itself or rehabilitate it but you know a lot of the time if you if you're going to the dentist in pain holding your face in pain and and, and you there's just want an the pain abscess, to go away and that's it you want it to go away and and you know, more likely than not, mm. there is a root canal at the end of at end of the day. If that, uh, you know, if, if that's not uh, the treatment of choice, then unfortunately, a lot of the time you'll lose the tooth um, because that's just, uh, you know, if we can't save it through root canal, then it has to come out. So just okay. uh, keep them clean. Right. Okay. Right. We have Jabu in Centurion on the line. Jabu, good evening. Good evening to you and the doctor. Good How evening. can we help you, Jabu? You want to talk some more about bad breath, I believe. Yes, yes, because um, when I caught the doctor, it was at a time when uh, he was explaining uh, the things that you have to do to try and avoid the bad breath. But what if you already have it? Well, how then uh, stop it or eliminate it? Jabu, I think the the most uh, important point, if if you've already got bad breath and you know it's confirmed, you need assistance. I think I think the most important thing here is you need help because a dentist or an oral hygienist will kickstart you to maintaining perfect oral hygiene. So, you know, yeah. what happens is when plaque, so just for an example, when plaque forms on the teeth, it's normally a soft film. But when that plaque becomes hard and it calcifies, it, it's a substance known as calculus. And yeah. that, that actually bonds to the tooth. It's stuck to the tooth. Now, you can go and brush for four hours with, you know, the strongest force you can use. And I promise you, you won't be able to remove that calculus. That is, okay. uh, and in that calculus is a lot of bacteria, a lot of anaerobic bacteria that I spoke of. So you need the assistance of a dentist or an oral hygienist to remove this kind of uh, calculus or this kind of buildup, we call it. Once that's happened, once you visit uh, or had a visit with a dentist, oral hygienist, they'll put your mouth in a situation where you need to maintain that level. And then, um, you know, the, the, the kind of general rule is go every six months to your dentist, to your oral hygienist, because inevitably there will be a buildup after time. So if you yeah. stick to that routine, uh, you know, you really will, uh, you know, you really can eliminate the causes of, of halitosis. But my yeah. point is you, you need some assistance. Yeah. Are they in a position of confirming whether indeed you suffer from bad breath? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's their job. <laughs> They'll be able to yeah. tell you honestly if, you, if you're suffering from it. I will, I will say one thing, and this is for the other listeners, that you know, if, if they've looked in your mouth and they've seen your teeth and your gums and everything is healthy, the bad breath can also come from the stomach. It can also come from the gastrointestinal tract. And, and it's, uh, it is, it's, it's quite rare, but definitely if, you, if you're suffering from bad breath and your mouth has been ticked and you say the, the dentist or oral hygienist sees no problem, then it's a good idea to go to the doctor because there could be something in your stomach, like yeah. an ulcer, which can also lead to, to bad breath. So it isn't only dental related. But uh, th that is the place to start. Start with a dentist and then take it from there. Okay, thank you very much, Dad. Thank Thanks, Jabu. Good evening Bye. to you. Bye-bye. Patrick and Louis Trichard, good evening. Hello, good evening. Pa Patrick, hi. Hi. Hi, how can we help you, Patrick? Oh, I wanted to ask about a dental implant. How is it or uh, is it dangerous uh, or what? Hi, oh, that, that, that's your, your new favorite topic, implants. Yeah, Patrick, um, okay, look, implants, uh, a, a dental implant in, in, in basic terms is a, it's, it's a titanium screw 
that is placed into the jaw, into the bone, and it replaces the tooth from the root and the crown. So if you lose a tooth, in, in other words, if the dentist removes your entire tooth, uh, the implant is placed into the bone, and into that implant uh, we can put a false tooth. We can put a, a prosthetic or a, you know, just a, a porcelain tooth, which will, in fact, look and behave very, very much like the tooth that you just lost. So is it dangerous? Definitely not. It's uh, one of the most popular ways of replacing missing teeth nowadays. Obviously, you need to be... Uh, you know, seen by the right person, someone who is skilled in placing dental implants, someone who has experience in placing implants. And uh, yeah, it's a really good way of replacing a missing tooth. Are you about to have an implant, Patrick? Okay, thank you. Are you about to have an implant? No, I was just asking, you know. Okay, so it's not dangerous at all, and apparently it's, it, it looks, your teeth will look better, possibly in some cases, even better than what we had before. Uh, yeah, in some cases, that's right, Karen. Does that help you, Patrick? Okay. Thanks for getting through. Good night. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay, all right. Tabisa in Bloemfontein, good evening. Okay, hello. Hi, Tabisa. Fine, how are you? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, firstly, I, I like to ask about, like, I have a problem, like, in my mouth. Like, I have an excessive, like, bleeding in my mouth, like, the gums bleed. And now I'm faced with, like, with a problem, like, now my, the base of, like, between the gums and the teeth, like, there's some kind of cavity happening, right? There's some kind of cavity. Mm. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. So, Tabisa, your gums are bleeding. Are they bleeding when you're brushing your teeth? Yes, uh, mostly when I'm brushing my teeth and when probably maybe I eat too much apples or mm. I exert more pressure on them when probably biting on something else. Tell me, tell me, uh, Tabiso, uh, when was the last time you saw a dentist? Mm. <laughs> no, right now I, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Difficult question, Tabiso. Okay, look, Tabiso, <laughs> let, let me explain what's happening. Basically, um, you know... Over time, the, the bacteria or the germs in your mouth sit underneath the gum and they grow. And they f grow and they grow and they grow. And I explained to the caller previously about something called calculus. Calculus is, is a formation of plaque which becomes very hard and it sticks to the tooth. And it goes underneath the gums. And in that calculus is a lot of bacteria. Now what happens when the gum sits on this calculus and there is germs in the, in the calculus, the gums do not like that, obviously, and they become inflamed, they become swollen. And the one response is, and this is the most common response, is that they bleed and they bleed very easily. So you've got to look at the cause. You've got to say, why are my gums bleeding? And, you know, if, if the main reason is that this calculus, which has become incredibly hard, which unfortunately for you, you cannot brush that off yourself. You need to have it cleaned off professionally by a dentist or an oral hygienist. When they remove that calculus, all of the bacteria is removed. And that allows your gums to sit naturally against the teeth without being inflamed, without being swollen. And that will lessen the amount of bleeding tremendously. Obviously, once that's happened, once you've visited your dentist, then you yourself have to maintain excellent oral hygiene. And the way you do that is by brushing your teeth twice a day with uh, a, you know, a, a toothbrush, 
an electric toothbrush is the better option here but any toothbrush is fine and make sure you're brushing for at least two minutes it's very important it's not a quick thing to clean your teeth it doesn't take 20 seconds it should take you at least two minutes the second thing you need to do is to floss your teeth and floss is a piece of obviously just a dental floss that you get in between your teeth to remove the food that you've eaten throughout the day and that helps reduce the amount of inflammation on the gum which will also reduce the amount of, of bleeding but most importantly I think the first point here is you have to go and see someone a dentist or an oral hygienist who can help you get to that level of, of good oral hygiene okay yes uh, another question also I want to ask is like uh, the times like if I want to put braces in like in my mouth mm. should I like is there an age restriction whereby if you are over like 21 or over 18 you cannot actually put them in or something like that absolutely not there is no age restriction whatsoever on having braces so you can have braces at any age the difference is the time it will take to move your teeth now when you are young and you are still growing obviously things happen at a quicker rate so that's why you see a lot of people with braces are in their teenage years but there is definitely no age limit you can be really any age if you want to straighten your teeth it can happen with the use of, of orthodontics with the use of braces yes and i want to go back to the question again of mm -hmm. the, uh, the bleeding gums actually yes. like the bleeding gums actually i realized that actually my father had like has the problem. I don't know if it's like heredity, heredity to me or some something like that. It it very much can be a lot of a lot of dental issues are hereditary. So if if your parents are suffering from from certain dental problems, then it can be passed on to on to you as well. You know, but bleeding gums is, is, is a reversible condition. It's something that can be fixed. You know, when we talk about conditions being passed on, it's normally uh, more complex uh, issues with the mouth. Things like periodontitis, which is bone loss. Um, that kind of condition is more hereditary. Bleeding gums, yes, your father may have had it, but it is totally reversible, meaning you can repair that. Um, but it is a good point. It, a lot of the time, what your parents have, the kind of teeth that they have, normally stems down to, to the children. Okay, okay. Uh, thank you very much. Thank okay, you. Okay, thanks for getting through. Good night to you. Well, yeah. while we were talking about gums, we had a call from somebody who was driving. She says she's 60 years old and she's driving, but she wants to ask you to talk about receding gums. Okay. Look, receding gums, uh, you know, as, as one ages, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, the first reason um, is just wear and tear. So it's general brushing is going to cause the gums to thin out and recede. And, you know, if you're brushing your teeth twice a day for your whole life, by the time you're in your 50s and 60s, yes, you're going to find evidence of receding gums. You know, there are even in younger, younger pe uh, patients with an aggressive brushing stroke, if you scrub your teeth clean, you know, using a f the full, um, you know, strength of your arm to grip the toothbrush, yes, you will damage the gums. You will cause them to recede off the, off the teeth. So that's the, you know, one of the most common causes is just having either an aggressive brushing stroke or just, you know, it's an, it's an age thing. As you get older, so the gums will recede. The second um, possibility is what we call periodontal disease. Now, periodontal disease is, is a, a rather complex disease, but you know, f basically what happens is if the bacteria in the gums are not 
correctly removed. They then spread to the structures um, below the gum, and that is the bone. Now, your, your jawbone holds your teeth. And if that bone is affected by these bacteria, it starts to, that bone itself starts to recede, it starts to drop. And following that, the gums will, 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 go, will go exactly the same direction as the bone. So if you suffer from periodontal disease, and, and definitely, you know, this is something that your dentist will point out to you, you will suffer from receding gums because the receding bone will create the gums to, to have this uh, receded appearance. So the teeth will, will appear longer. Is there anything we can do about this? Look, Karen, unfortunately, if you develop periodontitis, um, and this is, as I said to Debiso, that is a hereditary condition, unfortunately. A lot of the time it's passed on to the children. But it is one of the main causes of real neglect. So if you do not look after your teeth from a basic point of view and you develop gingivitis, which is just the bleeding gums and, and plaque and calculus, if that isn't taken care of, you can develop periodontitis. And unfortunately, periodontitis is now a, a condition that will stay with you for life. It is only something that you can now manage. You can't reverse it at Unfortunately all. not. Once the damage is done, the damage is done. Once that bone is gone, it's gone. Um, and these bacteria are incredibly aggressive and complex in their nature, so much so that a lot of the time, you know, we struggle to, to understand the, their mechanism. But it is, a, it is a condition that requires constant maintenance. So a lot of periodontal patients will see a specialist. They'll see someone called a periodontist who will do what's called deep cleaning on these, on the, on, on, underneath the gums to clean the bacteria off the root. And that's to try and stop it from getting worse. Correct. Okay, to, so you can halt it at so some So you can point. halt okay. it and then maintain it. And that is the, the, the key issue here, that it, it, can be, it can be dealt with, unfortunately not reversed. So if you've got it, you need to be on some kind of maintenance program. So you can stop it from getting worse, Correct. but you can't reverse it. Correct. Okay. Right. Okay. There's, there is some, there's a light there <laughs> somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Class in Amtata, good evening. Good evening, Karen, and your and your guest there, Doctor. How can Good we help you, class? Yeah, yes, Doctor. Uh, uh, Karen, I've got a I've got a problem uh, uh, from my kids. Okay. Okay. My kids, they've got uh, funny color in their gums. When I say funny, I'm trying to say you know the gums normally the 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 the, the how shall I put it? They are black. Let me just put it raw like that. Mm. Doctor will will have a. a Mm. Something similar to what I'm actually uh, trying to say, you know, yes. uh, a, a certain medical term, so to speak. I'm not too sure whether this uh, this is something that I could. Uh, is it linked to a, a, a sinus type of thing? Because they grew up having a, a blocked nose or or something. But now I'm referring to the ages of between the the uh, ten years and the fifteen year old. Mm. Now uh, I've been I've been listening carefully, you know, because I was also going to touch to this one of the bleeding gums, but that one has been uh, addressed. Uh, I've mm. taken that one, but now I think uh, it's only this uh, this funny color of the of the gums. Okay, class. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for your your question. Look, a lot of the time. Um, you can have a pigmentation on your gums, which right. can have a black or a even a purple kind of appearance, yeah, and, and, and that that is just a, a natural pigment. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's the melanin actually. It's in your gum, which which creates this appearance, and and uh, it is completely you know harmless. It's just the way the color is. Uh, you know, it's definitely not something to worry about. 
But there is another case where underneath the gum, and as I said to the previous callers, you can develop what's called calculus. Now, this is the plaque that I spoke of that becomes hard. And when that becomes hard and it sticks to the tooth, that calculus actually turns black. And that can also shine through a pink gum and create a black appearance. So it's very important, I think, to have this matter clarified with your dentist to determine is this just a pigmentation, which is very common and totally fine, or is this calculus that has gotten, that has gotten black under the gum and it's shining through? And that's a different story because if that is the case, then there's a lot of bacteria in that calculus and that needs to be addressed because that can, can cause the bleeding gums. That can be quite harmful to, to your oral hygiene. So I think definitely go and see your dentist and, and have him identify the reason for this coloring. But is, if, if it's, as I said, a pigmentation, you have nothing to worry about, but it can be calculus. And calculus left for a long time, I'm talking a couple of years, is a bl it's completely black in color. When I remove it, uh, you know, and I show my patients, I'm removing little chunks of, it's almost like a little piece of uh, kind of a black, it's like charcoal, it's that black. So it's incredible to see this come out of the gum and the gum completely changes in color. It goes back to that lovely kind of pink uh, color yeah. again. Yes, because uh, because on the upper jaw, on the upper jaw, right on your, on your, on your two front teeth, Mm. Okay, it's V-shaped, V-shaped, mm. actual teeth. You know, it, it, yes. it decayed, it decayed, and then uh, it, it formed that V-shaped on this fifteen-year-old boy. Right. You know that is why I uh, I was getting so worried mm. now. Uh, you know, in this topic of current this mm. evening, it was it was really touching on the problem that mm. it has been frustrating me for a, quite a long time. In other words, any dentist doc can can. Absolutely, class. Any dentist or, or oral hygienist will be able to identify the, the problem for you. Okay, okay, okay. I thank you very much, Doc. Thank I you, thank you very much. Pleasure. I will know where to start. And, uh, you know, I thank you very much, Karen. Okay, okay class. Only a pleasure. I'm glad we could help. <laughs> Good night to you. You're listening to Health Matters on SAFM. I'm Karen Key, and this evening we're focusing on dentistry with dentist Dr. Mark Scher. If you have any questions, you can call us on 0892-102010, 0892-102010. Rihanna in KwaZulu-Natal, good evening. Uh, good evening. Hi. Thank you so much for the lovely program. Pleasure. Mm -hmm. I would like to know, what is the cause of um, inflamed gums? You know, like swelling. I tried using... Um, of the bristle toothbrush, but even that doesn't help, you know, the toothpaste also, but I have this all the time. Inflamed gums, did you say, yes. Rihanna? And yes, you, like they, they sort of swollen all the time, you know. They swollen the, all the time? Especially okay. towards the sides, you know, and at the back. Okay, and you say, are you saying with the toothbrush and the toothpaste, when you do that, it actually aggravates it, it makes it worse? Uh, no, I try, I'm, I'm using a, a toothbrush with a soft bristle, mm. and also the, the toothpaste, the sensodyne for... Um, sensitive teeth, you know, mm. sensitive gums, but uh, it doesn't seem to be helping. Tell me, Ariana, uh, the the inflammation is it happening in between the teeth? So, if you look at your teeth, there's a a, a pink kind of triangle. We call that the papilla. Is that yeah. the part that is inflamed? It's more on you know to, at the back of the the back uh, of the mouth. Yes, yeah. You know, uh, I have wisdom yes. teeth, and it's um, around that area, and then sometimes it comes. But you know, towards the front as well, and okay. um, they can be quite painful. And sometimes my whole, um, you know, my 
teeth crack around. Oh, quite painful. I feel like it's inflamed, you know. Mm, okay, look, um, okay, our first, first question I'll ask you is, is, do you floss? Do you use dental floss? Yes, I do. How often are you flossing? Uh, well, once uh, in, at, at night, but then sometimes during the day I have um, teeth that are, you know, um, not really need filling, mm. but um, I have to use the floss because okay. the food does um, Rihanna, look, this this is, you know, a lot of the, the, the condition that you speak of is, you know, gingival inflammation can be related to, to hormones, in fact. Um, you know, oh. in, in, in one of the examples I'll give you is that during pregnancy, when a woman is pregnant, they yeah. tend to suffer quite acutely from this inflammation where their gums are always a bit swollen, they're always a bit inflamed, and no matter what they do, um, brushing, flossing, it, it doesn't go away. And this is this got to do with a, a hormone imbalance um, in oh. the body. So, you know, it's it's it can be that you're doing everything right, but, you know, there's something systemic going on that, that needs to be addressed. So my advice is, you know, visit your dentist. Um, you know, have a... Have a chat to them. Uh, possibly, you know, also involve your your general practitioner, your GP, because a lot of the time, if they, you may need a, a hormone supplement or, or something just to 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 get your hormones uh, completely, you know, in balance, which will real will you know stem to having you know your gums reduce the inflammation. So that is my one theory. Um, look at the back of the mouth uh, where your wisdom teeth are. A lot of the time, the gum, and this is because we don't have enough space for our wisdom teeth. A lot of the time, the gum is like kind of growing over them. Um, mm. And that's just a lack of space in the mouth. Um, so you've got to have your wisdom teeth checked out. Is there, in fact, enough space? You know, is this gum uh, impinging on them? Um, and then obviously having a flap of gum over the wisdom tooth allows more plaque and food to, to climb in there. And it's very difficult to clean, which will then also, uh, you know, leave you with, with an inflamed gum. But, um, yeah, I think I think it's important just to, to, to look at, 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 you know, see what your dentist says about the condition. You know, it's difficult for me to comment without seeing seeing what's really going on. But, you know, my, my feeling is if you've done all your homework, in other words, your, your brushing is up to scratch, your flossing is a daily occurrence, you know, then it could be something, um, you know, a bit more complex. Yes, it, 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 um, that does, it's true, the, you know, the gum does over the, when you come over the teeth sometimes, mm. and that's quite, like, painful, and I can't really uh, chew on anything really mm. hard, you know? mm. Or yeah, maybe I, should. I, I think I think definitely the first place to start is just with your general dentist. Have him look at the gums, assess yeah. the situation, and if he feels the need, then it's it's not a bad idea to go see someone called a periodontist, who is a gum specialist. Um, yeah. You know, there are also uh, growth conditions which you can develop, which is a gingival overgrowth. Some people are are prone to having you know their gums grow in a way that it kind of impinges on their teeth. They're not sitting at a at the at the level which is kind of normal but mm. that that should definitely be be looked at then by by a specialist mm, okay. okay thank you so much all right okay, thanks, thanks for getting through good night to you thank you bye bye now harmony in heart best fontaine good evening hello good evening karen hello how can we help you oh uh, good evening to the dog thank Hi. you for taking my call pleasure well uh i'm having a problem with my tooth in fact they are turning, they used to be white, but uh, they're turning into this uh, yellowish color. I don't know what the reason could be. 
So your teeth are, are turning yellow. Is that what you're mm. telling me, Harmony? Mm. Yes, was. Um, okay, look, uh, you know, obviously the the first the first thing you've got to look at is, you know, um, how 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 well are you cleaning your teeth? How often are you having your teeth cleaned? If the yellow is, you know, in a kind of a reflection of staining, um, if you, you know, if you're, if you're, if you haven't had a cleaning recently, and I'm talking about going to the oral hygienist, this, yeah. you know, you can develop a lot of staining on the inside of your teeth, which can then reflect through when you smile, and it can make your teeth appear yellow or brown in in color. Yeah. The other, you know, the other factor is generally with age, unfortunately, um, the teeth do yellow in color. They, they, they natural, what we call their hue or their chroma, uh, which is kind of a technical term we use in, in, in prosthetic dentistry that, um, you know, can get yellower as one ages. It does not mean, you know, and this is important, does not mean there's anything wrong with the teeth, you know, so it's it, it certainly, you know, and unfortunately, um, society has made us believe that if our teeth are not sparkling white that there's something yeah. wrong with them and that's that's a misconception you know having a, a kind of yellow reflection on your teeth or a yellow hue if it's not related to to you know poor oral hygiene isn't a bad thing so you know i wouldn't panic too much you know there's uh, there are ways to to rectify this and this is a popular treatment of choice in in a lot of dental practices and that is to to bleach your teeth or to whiten them um, you know there's uh, something that you can chat to your dentist about it is offered at most you know uh, dental practices throughout the country um, and that does help in removing this kind of yellow shade that that is developed okay uh uh, thank you so much because I was right. worried that positively it was lack of calcium or some sort. No, look, the, a lack of calcium harmony is is it will cause the opposite of yellowing. You can oh. get uh, almost a, a kind of a, a, what's called a blotching effect of the teeth, and and that is uh, that's not that's you know that's a different story. The yellowing effect is is really a natural progression as one gets older, so the teeth will will yellow. But uh, would that bleaching have some side effects or some sort of it's a good move? Look, um, it's, it's very much, uh, for me personally, I believe bleaching uh, must be done in, in the right environment with the right dosages. So it's very important to check with your dentist before. Um, you know, the, the bottom line is, uh, Harmony, is that when you bleach your teeth, you're putting uh, a peroxide on them. So it's not magic. It's the same way you bleach your hair or your clothes. So if you, you know, if you think about that, it's, you know, long-term bleaching a lot of the time, I don't believe it's very good for your teeth. But in a very low dosage, and this is what the dentist can offer you, and in the right quantity, you can see a wonderful improvement where you can improve the, the yellow shade. So it has, has to be done by a professional. That's what I'm saying. All right. Thank you very much. Right. Thanks, Thanks Harmony. Harmony. Good night to you. Yeah. I, th I think it's from watching way too many Hollywood movies. You know, we all sort of see these Hollywood stars with these bright, white, shining teeth. And uh, you think we all think we have to look like that. No, we're not in the movies. We can Correct. just be normal. Correct. Just be normal. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm the, just I, be I, natural. Yeah, just be natural. I just yeah. worry about putting more stuff in your mouth. Yusuf in Benoni, good evening. Morning. Uh, good evening, Karen. Hi, how are you doing, Yusuf? Yeah, fine, and you? I'm fine. How can we help you? Okay, I'm right, a doctor. If you suffer from any type of allergies, can you get a feeling of uh, inflammation of the gums? Absolutely. That's question one. Yes. And the other question I'll ask the doctor is I've read in the medical chronicle about 
the medical profession looking at the, if you have a lot of bacteria in your mouth, it could be one of the causes of pancreatic cancer. Oh, wow. Okay, Yusuf. Yeah, look, um, I haven't come across anything about pancreatic cancer. Uh, there have been a lot of studies um, linking or trying to link, um, you know, having a lot of bacteria in your mouth or periodontal disease to, to heart disease or cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. Um you know the the one, you know the one indication is that because there's constant inflammation in the mouth, that um, you know adds to the inflammatory markers in the body, which puts your your heart um, under stress. But certainly there's no direct link proven. So you know this is all um, speculation at the moment, and these are the the studies that I have come across. Uh, pancreatic cancer, unfortunately, I I actually can't answer that. Um, it's you know it's it's. You know, really having uh, having overwhelming amount of bacteria in your mouth isn't good for you, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a link to pancreatic cancer or not, I, I really can't comment. And then back to your first question: Yes, having allergies um, can create uh, inflammation in the gums. Not uh, not really um, a direct cause. I think you know, if we just look at the basics again, look at your oral hygiene and and how often are you you visiting your dentist or your oral hygienist for a cleaning? Um, and if you know, if you keep to those kind of good routines. Of, of, of good oral hygiene, um, you know, you can re- reduce the amount of, of inflammation even if you do suffer from allergies. Thank you very much, All right, thank you. Thanks, thank Yusuf. Thank good thank night, you. you. Thank Thanks, you. good night. And just interestingly, I did know somebody who had heart condition and when she used to go into hospital every now and again for some form or other of operation, she always had to first go to the dentist yes. to have her teeth cleaned yes. and teeth checked before she went in for the heart op. Correct. Um, you know, that's it's one of the, th- the first things we we've, we taught in dental school is, is, you know, patients suffering from a heart condition, if they've got a valve replacement, mm. if they've had any kind of a birth defect of the heart, the bacteria in the mouth, when that bacteria enters the bloodstream, it can create problems with whatever prosthet- prosthetic device you have on your heart. So we are taught to to do a, what's called a prophylactic cover of antibiotics um, of patients before we do any kind of invasive dentistry. So yes, the same will in, in reverse. If you're going to have a heart condition, your teeth need a heart operation. So you, your teeth need to be in optimum condition, oral hygiene, because the bacteria in the mouth is so overwhelming that it, if it enters the bloodstream, it can cause further problems. So it's back to the bottom line, seriously, clean your teeth properly. Just clean your teeth All the time. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) And visit your dentist and your oral hygienist and do the flossing in two minutes. That's it. Stick to the basics. Just going back, you Mm. you mentioned earlier to somebody about using an electric toothbrush. Do you recommend those above a regular toothbrush? Look, Karen... You know, definitely, you know, obviously not everyone will have access to an electric toothbrush Mm. and uh, they are, you know, fairly expensive. But in the mechanism of the brush, the way it works is is much more effective. Um, You know, I don't know if you have a dishwasher or you clean your, your, your dishes by hand if you, you know, have a vacuum cleaner or a broom. I mean, it's, it's just a technology advancing and helping us clean our teeth. And that's what electric toothbrush will do. The, the rotating head, the, or what we call the oscillating head, if I be more specific, um, prevents you from having or wanting or needing to scrub because that head moving on your electric toothbrush does all the work for you. If you're going to brush with a manual toothbrush, you should try replicate that movement, which is doing little circles. Now, 
I can promise you, after 10 seconds of trying to do little circles, <laughs> you're, not do you're just going to be scrubbing mm. again. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> so just having that ability, having that you know technology at your hand where the brush does the work for you, um, the head is half the size of a normal toothbrush head, so it gets into those hard to reach places you know that gets into the places especially on the inside of your lower jaw and those front teeth we call your anterior incisors on the on the mandible that that area is where most of the plaque is is collected or the calculus is collected and if you try to get your manual toothbrush there so I'm talking right where your tongue touches the back of your teeth that is a very difficult place to clean with a manual toothbrush electric gets in there much better, much more effectively, and that rotating head removes the plaque. It's a much more uh, mechanical clean, which is essentially what you want to do. You want to actually clean that plaque off. Um, you know, so definitely it's, it is a superior way of cleaning, but you know, don't, don't lose, lose hope. If you've got a manual toothbrush, it's better than nothing. Go Absolutely. for it and just, you know, brush for two minutes. Take the time. You know, that's the important thing as well. If you, if you want to clean any surface, you've got to, you know, you've got to take time to clean it and there's no compromise in the mouth. You've got, in most cases, you've got 32 teeth or not most cases. So you've got 28 teeth. In rare cases, you'll have your wisdom teeth, but that's a lot of teeth to clean and it's not going to take you 30 seconds. It should take you at least two minutes. And then you've got to brush your tongue. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite it's, a mission. It's quite a mission. But, uh, it's a habit. So, you know, say that if you repeat something for 21 days in a row, it becomes a habit. So try, try do that. Try from today. Brush twice a day and floss for the next three weeks. And I promise you after that, it will be ingrained in you. you you'll, you'll, you'll struggle not to, to keep that routine up. So it really is just a routine. It's just a habit. And if you get into good habits, um, all the conditions we've spoken about tonight. Yeah, I was about to you say, know, you know, it's one of, it's one of those prevented. habits you want to acquire, Correct. first of all. And secondly, if you do acquire it, you can possibly put, you not have to go for those painful procedures. Absolutely. And just go for the regular checkups and the oral hygiene and not all that bad sore stuff you know Correct. hopefully we can avoid this bad sore stuff we've got about 10 minutes left so if you have any questions you can get through to us on 0892 10 2010 Yvonne in Scottborough good evening good evening hello how can we help you Yvonne um, I, I want to inquire on behalf of my daughter 34 years ago she was involved in a serious medical accident and she's completely um, disabled she can all she can move is her head sure. so I have to clean her teeth lying down on the side and it's been worrying me because every, I've noticed that there's blood on the toothbrush and I, I, I can't really see into her mm. mouth and she can't gargle with a mouthwash or anything like mm. that. So I just wondered if there was anything else that, you know, that the doctor yeah. could suggest I could do. Shame, Ivana, I do really, really sympathize with you and, um, you know, I take my hat off to you in, 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 in helping um, your daughter because really at, at, uh, at that stage it's a very difficult thing to, to do, try and maintain um, you know, the, the oral hygiene there with, without you know, her input. Yes, um, I, I have tried um, cleaning her teeth every now and again with a mouthwash but mm, I'm afraid to do too often because it mm, all says on the bottle do not swallow mm, mm, yeah. and it does swallow some of them. Yes, yeah, that's, uh, it's a really um, it's a tough tough situation to have um i wonder if if your local dentist um 
you know can't assist you in, in some way um, you know taking them taking your daughter in to, to see them and uh, you know and trying to to assist in that way by using kind of um, you know what we call an ultrasonic which is a you know one of the tools that I use to clean teeth um, you know other than that I think the most important thing there would would be to just to to maintain kind of a, a as sugar-free diet as you can you know oh, yeah. we, you know we we say that um, obviously for infants and for the for very elderly people and in, in in cases like your daughter where you don't have the ability to brush yourself you know limiting the amount of, of carbohydrate or sugar that you eat goes a long way to to helping you know prevent um, these conditions in the mouth because what's the most important thing is that the bacteria feed off this sugar or carbohydrate um, so you know if, if you can struggle to brush or you're struggling to clean then then I would say that that look at the diet um, to help her um, but yeah I, I really again I sympathize with you it's not an easy situation to she also to mentioned deal. there was blood on the t- toothbrush mm. I think you said Yvonne Yes, that's right. When I clean her teeth, mm. her, her, the, you, you can't see at the back of her mouth because mm. I said she's lying on her side. And I can electric... only see the front part of her teeth and the gums. And mm. the, the, the gums are slightly pink, not too bad, but the, mm. it's, the, the, the bleeding comes from the from the back of the mm. teeth. I don't know whether I'm maybe um, brushing too hard. Have mm. you tried an electric toothbrush, Yvonne? No, I haven't. Yeah, that's a good point, Cara, and that's something I would definitely invest in. Um, it yeah. would make your life a lot easier. Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's difficult. Um, yeah. You know, look. Also, if you can, if I know, I don't know if you're able to, but uh, you know, trying to get something in between the teeth using some dental floss, you know, every now and then. Uh, if that's possible, try try and eliminate. Because normally, if you're brushing all right, then the, if there's any food in left between the teeth, that can create inflammation. That can create bleeding gums. Yes, well, I could I could uh, thrust between your front teeth, but you know you can't. Mm, can't you can't get to the back. Doesn't open your mouth for you either. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I, I, you know, I think Karen's suggestion of an electric toothbrush is, yes. is definitely where I would start. And then you know, involving um, your local dentist um, because you know I've I've done a lot of cases. Uh, you know, we we actually you know it is done under sedation um, where we have to uh, either you know do sedation on the patient and then you know get into into the mouth and, and do a cleaning. And we we you know have to do that say, every three months or so. Um, so if it's a condition you're really worried about, I would definitely you know get your dentist in, involved and see where they can they can help you. But yeah, yeah I mean. Try the electric toothbrush, and and I just say keep persevering. I, I really I sympathise. Yes. I do. Oh, thank you very much. I'll do that. I'll go and get one tomorrow. Thanks, Yvonne. Thanks, Yvonne, thank and good you. luck to you. Thanks for getting thank through. Thank you so much. Thanks. Good night Bye. to you, Siswe and Benoni. Good evening. Hi. Hi, Siswe. How can we help you? Good, good. Uh, thanks for a very informative program. Thank you. And uh, well, if you got this carodental situation to a point where you've already lost most of the teeth. Mm. Is there still hope probably to can do some permanent implants and probably what could be the cheapest option to go about? Okay, Siswe, look, um, I think, uh, you know, if you look at uh, uh, your condition and why why have you lost your teeth, um, you know, dental implants, uh, you know, can, can help you, but you've got to look at the cause. If you've suffered from periodontal disease, meaning that your bone, a lot of the bone in your jaw has already 
receded, creating this effect where your teeth become very mobile and then have to be removed. Unfortunately, if there's not enough bone, we cannot put implants in. So it's a very, uh, you know, it's a catch-22. If you've lost all your teeth and you want implants, but it's you know, because of bone loss, you know, you've, you've got to then look back at the cause and, and try and treat the cause. Uh, you know, the essential thing with implants is, is enough bone. Now, some specialists, um, really good specialists, will be able to, to harvest bone or, or to do what's, a, what's called a bone graft to create more bone for the implants. But again, I'll go back to, to, to the real reason in the beginning. Why did you lose all those teeth? You know, and that has to be looked at. That has to be addressed. Is it affordable? Is it the cheapest option? Definitely not. That, uh, you know, having a, a, what we call a full rehabilitation with implants is, a, is very costly. It's very expensive. You know, if you've if you, um, suffered from periodontal disease, if you've lost most of your teeth, the 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 most affordable and the easiest way to replace missing teeth is with false teeth, is with dentures. And uh, yes, you know, they obviously uh, will never be the same as your normal teeth, but you can certainly adapt and you can certainly, um, you know, learn to live with, with false teeth and definitely be able to chew and eat and talk. And yeah, it's, it might be the, the way to go if implants are, are too expensive. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks very much. I'm not sure if it was though the periodontal situation mm. because it came from an incarceration point of view. You got beaten up, never got the necessary treatment, and eventually mm. you are told you got gingivitis, mm. and it makes all sense that it eventually ran down to periodontal okay. situation. Mm. All right, Caesar. I'm sorry to hear that, but look, I think you know having uh, having any prosthetic in there, if it's just a denture, will will definitely be better than nothing. So yeah. so go for that, and then uh, you you see the thing about having dentures is you never shut the door on implants. You can always then then go for an implant at a later stage. Oh, sure, thanks, Doc. Thank you, Siswe. Thanks. Good night. Thanks for getting through. So it's a case of just if you're wanting implants, first go and check whether you actually have enough bone to have them done. That seems... Yeah, look, that's the main... That's something I think we all thought of. Oh, well, I've lost my teeth. We'll yeah. just go and get some implants. Yeah. Not always the, the the actual option here. In in most cases, look, there, there will be ways around harvesting or grafting bone. But then it just becomes more and more expensive It becomes more expensive. Mm. It uh, becomes more complicated. Uh, but uh, that's the essence um, of implantology. You need to place an implant in solid bone. And without that, uh, unfortunately, the implant won't integrate. It won't grow. It won't be stable. And, and those... You then would have wasted your time yeah. and your money, basically. Yes, but any any dentist or specialist placing implants will do that assessment and be able to determine whether there's enough bone and, and if that bone is, is, is going to be strong enough to handle an implant. Well, I just have to apologize for those who are holding on and we couldn't get you. I'm afraid our time has run out. So my thanks once again this evening to Dr. Mark Scher. Mark, thank you once again very much. Thank you, Karen. Thanks for having me. Well, Mark Scher is a dentist practicing here in Cape Town at The Practice. He and he's been my guest on tonight's edition of Health Matters. If you have any questions about something you've heard this evening, email me on healthmatters at safm.co.za or the Facebook page, Health Matters on SAFM. Well, that's it for Health Matters. I'm Kyron Key. Thanks for joining me. And I'll be back with you again tomorrow evening, just after nine, with time to travel.